Love my fight song. It always takes too long to get going, and we can never find one that was actually made in maybe like 2015 or 16 or 17 or 18. We're using the one from the 40s. May may I say, as a son of the Midwest, where Big Ten fight songs are quick and snappy, it takes a little to get going. Well, and then it finally gets going, and then you realize to your horror that they're going to spell out Washington State Cougars. Is it Cougars that they spelled the whole thing? It, it's Go Cougs. But, yeah, no, but they know that W-A. Yeah, but right? I mean, okay. But it's like, know, God, this, this is going to take do. six. We could time this song with a sundial. All right. You know, but the fight look, song. It's supposed to be over in 25 fight. seconds. It's a great fight song. What's the matter with you? I love it. Our next guest loves it. Uh, Keith Shipman joining us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Now, I know, Keith, it's a highlight for you to be on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Long-time Seattle area Pacific Northwest broadcaster. Spending time here at KJR. Uh, but Como Cairo, Q13, longtime television personality. He helped uh, Pat O'Day fire up the generator at the original KJR back he, in 1930. Yeah, he, he's, he, he's got plenty of stories. <laughs> Keith, how are you, I buddy? Heard record that, I heard them record the fight song that you just played. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Keith was in on that session. Yeah, Keith, can we, you, have some weight, you, have some, you can pull some weight over at, at, uh, in Pullman. Can we get a new fight song, like a new recorded version that the uh, Murrow School of Communication can send out to everyone? I was just going to, you know, I was thinking, I think I got a 499 credit in order to graduate by just being able to spell out the fight song. Yeah, that's right. That's um, just... You know, we, that's, that's part of the Merle College degree, isn't it? You got to be able to sing the fight song. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we, we thank you for coming on today. I mean, obviously, yeah. uh, yesterday was, uh, I mean, I, I would assume, I mean, not a fun event, but it's an, an event in which you are, you know, paying respects to someone who's just a, a legend in the business, and that being Keith Jackson. And, and, and Keith, I, you couldn't pick a better setting to have a, a celebration of life for Keith Jackson to have it then on the field at the Rose Bowl because he was the Rose Bowl. Keith Jackson and the Rose Bowl go hand in hand. It was an extraordinary afternoon, and um, you, you have to give credit really to, to, to Jerry Fouts and the people at the Rose Bowl. Uh, Dan Fouts' wife was the organizer of the, the event along with Carol Kowalski from the uh, from the Murrow College, and they did a sensational job creating an environment where you could really celebrate the voice of college football's life. And there, there is no better place to be on New Year's Day uh, than Pasadena, California, for a football game and, and the parade and all the pageantry. And there was really no better place to celebrate Keith Jackson's life than, than the place that he made so special. Uh, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, there were moments of sadness, there were moments of laughter and, and uh and there were moments of great appreciation for having had the chance to to know the person, to watch the person, and 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 have him uh, in your living room every Saturday, you know, for all those years that he was a voice of college football. It was really special, and, and well, there's great stories that were shared too. By you know, it was just a, it was a Hall of Fame of of college football, just a Keith, Hall of Fame of college football. There, Keith, Keith Shipman is our guest, and Keith, it's one of the ha- you know we all have happy accidents in our life. One of the happy accidents of your life is that you really got to know Keith Jackson well. Uh, and knew him for an awfully long time. I'm I'm curious. Given those two facts, were there was there a story you heard yesterday that you either hadn't heard or had forgotten? Mm-hmm. Was there something that jumps to your mind? And go, wow, I didn't I didn't know that about Keith. Well, you know, um, there there were there were several actually gas that that were shared, um, but they all kind of went back to the recurring theme of uh, he was a very humble man who really wanted to put the spotlight on the players and the coaches rather than on himself. And and as you probably have read and have heard from Keith along the way, one of the things that he disdained in today's sports world is that everyone is so verbose 
and the, the, the listener or the viewer isn't allowed to form their own opinion. You know, his, his mantra was amplify, clarify, and don't intrude, or, or as he first described it to us when we were students at Washington State, amplify, clarify, punctuate, and let the listener or viewer draw their own conclusion. In other words, treat them as if they have a brain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and now uh, everyone is so focused with, between the play-by-play guy and, and four color commentators and sideline analysts and, and you know, every, everybody else that gets involved with just this this over this overdose of, of information that oftentimes the the listener or the viewer isn't able to digest that and then form their own opinion, uh, either from a news perspective. And a lot of people forget he began as a news guy at ABC, at ABC Radio in Los Angeles, or, or later at, at, involved in sports. Um, the, the, probably the most poignant part of the service for me, um, you know, we had all these sports superstars there, but his children spoke and his grandson spoke. His grandson was just sensational. Uh, but his, his son, Lindsay, got up and, and said, you know, all, all you folks know Keith for Fumble and Woe Nelly, and I, I know him, I know that cadence uh, from saying, uh, why is the garbage can still at the curb? <laughs> or uh, <laughs> or, or, or that, that, homework, that homework needs more work, or uh, at, at and how fast were you really going? <laughs> so, just, and that was probably the greatest recurring theme of the day. Keith really was a was a a, a family guy. He he and Turianne, his wife, were married for sixty five years. You know, she grew up in Pullman. They met at the golf course. She worked. Her family operated the golf course in Pullman. And they spent sixty five years together and raised a great family, uh, both in the Pacific Northwest and in Southern California. And uh, you know, this, uh, it, that was the part of the story that people, I thought, needed to hear because he was such a, such a, such a great man. You know, he used to be a curmudgeon at times, uh, but that's because he had an expectation, a standard that he wanted everyone to meet. But he was, always very, he was always very firm about that, but he was also very, very grateful and appreciative of everybody who put their oar in the water and, and pulled it in the same direction with him. A long-time uh, Pacific Northwest broadcaster, Keith Shipman, joining us here on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. One of the uh, early uh, pioneers here at Sports Radio 950 KJR back in the day and also spent some uh, television time over at Q13. Uh, owns a bunch of stations down in Bend, Oregon. I always, I'll always i come and sweep the floors, I always tell Keith. I don't care what you want me to do. I just want to <laughs> You don't, you don't like it live. here? I do, it, but I love because Bend. I've joined you. Yeah, I just love Bend, Oregon. It's just, it's wonderful yeah. down there. Well, uh, enjoy Bend. We, <laughs> yeah, fine. Can I just do the show from down there? Be yeah. great. Uh, Keith, I, I mentioned earlier that you know one of the biggest one of the biggest influences on my life growing up, and then obviously getting into this, you know, this type of job and profession was was because of Keith Jackson. I mean, one of the biggest reasons mm-hmm. why. Well, one, because my dad was said, said you, you can't leave state, so there was a couple of options. Uh, I was not getting into UW. And, but, honestly, I wanted to go to school. When I found out that Keith Jackson went to Washington State, I'm like, I, I'm sold. I'm in. I wanted to mm-hmm. be like a lot of young kids, probably. I wanted to be Keith Jackson. I was, at times, more interested on Saturdays to watch Keith and to hear Keith than actually watch the football game. And so he had such a profound impact on, on my young life and, and my weekends. For you, watching him from afar, but then getting to know him is kind of what Gash brought up earlier. What what was it like to, to watch him, I guess, from afar, but then get to know him? And what kind of impact did he have on your life? 
Well, it, it, his impact on me was profound, uh, Jason. It was profound. I, I I was inspired to get into sports casting, watching Mark Spitz' seven gold medal performance at the Munich Olympic Games, watching Keith Jackson call those those races. You know, those 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 swimming meets and the seven gold medals. And, and that's when the the switch turned on for me. Never did I dream that seven years later I would meet the guy. Um, and that, that was that was a moment that I'll, I'll never forget. He was in an event in Seattle, um, and Carl Click, who went on to to do sports in Seattle in Portland at KGW and KHU for many years, and Lori Wagner Schoonover, uh, who is uh, an executive producer at Como TV for a number of years, and now works over at Merrill Gardens and Communications. The three of us were there with the sports information. Office with Rod Commons from Washington State at an event in Seattle, and and he took the time to meet with all three of us, and it was a, a moment that the three of us still talk about to this day, and and then he would come back to campus frequently, and he would speak with students uh, and take the time to meet with them, uh, and and then when I really began to know Keith was when I started uh, working with with KOMO uh, in the early in the early eighties on the Husky Radio Network when we would cross paths at games, and then later when I was hosting the the Don James show on KCBQ, we would cross paths in a variety of places. Uh, you know, Keith, Keith was very opinionated and I, I I'll, I'll share this story now. Uh, uh, you know, he, he shared it with others, but in 91 at the, uh, I told this to Mike Lude yesterday. Uh, Mike was at the event. He looks great. 95 years old, just, just wow. full of energy. And, and uh, uh, Keith w- was in the end zone with coach James and coach Osborne on Friday afternoon when we were doing the walkthrough. And he waved me over and uh, introduced me to Coach Osborne, and and, and then he, he pointed and said, that guy right there should be our head coach of our alma mater, Washington State. I'm looking across the field. He's pointing at Jim Lambright. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what? And he said, no, that guy's the in-state recruiter. And he, he wasn't quite sold at that point on Mike Price. Later he became sold on him, obviously. We took him to the Rose Bowl. And, you know, the, the, the moment that was that was so uncomfortable for the Cougar fans at yesterday's celebration was when Bob Greasy got up and told uh, his very poignant story about working with Keith. Uh, and it culminated with his story about his his son, winning the Most Valuable Player Award in the Rose Bowl game in 1998. And that was bittersweet for those of us who were kooks in the audience, among them Ryan Leaf, who was there, uh, because, of course, that was the game in which Michigan beat Washington State. And if the, you know, if the SEC official had figured out how to you know wind the clock properly, we, we, we would have won the damn game. <laughs> <laughs> we had a play left, Gas. I, was, I, I agree with you, actually. I was talking with a friend of mine earlier who said if Leaf had overthrown Sean McWashington in the, in the third quarter, it would have been a moot point anyway. Yeah, that's but, but but that but that that was a moment where you know the house was was brought to tears because you know Keith's line at that point you probably remember it was well we we've just learned who the most valuable player is and I'm standing right next to his daddy, you know and and Keith had the ability mm-hmm. to to distill a moment like that and really make it personal and for anybody who's ever been a parent to to you know, have their their child achieve something that's so meaningful to them, regardless of what stage they're on, it just makes you proud as can be. And and Keith knew how to take that moment and put the spotlight on Bob Greasy rather than on himself. Yeah, good point. And that that's one of the true that's one of the true gifts that he gave to the game along the way. And you know, one of the other stories that that uh, we heard along the way that that brought the house down was you know Keith. 
he didn't suffer fools well. Uh, and he, 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 uh, was talking about a, uh, we're talking about a moment where he was waiting and waiting and waiting on Bear Bryant for an interview at Alabama. And it waited wait about 45 minutes. He said, that's it, guys, pack it up. We're getting out of here. And he walks away and, and Coach Bryant comes over and says, you want to talk to me? And he goes, not today, coach. We'll catch you another time. <laughs> he just walks off with people. <laughs> Who does that to Bear Bryant? You know, uh, you know, the, 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 his impact on me was profound because I, I was fortunate that he, you know, he critiqued my work and gave me feedback. And then later in life, um, he he'd pick up the phone and call occasionally and just want to talk. You know, he had retired. He was sitting at home in Sherman Oaks. And my phone would ring, and it's Keith. And I can't tell you how many wonderful conversations we had about life, uh, certainly about sports, but about life and, and about, you know, the journey that we take uh, that, that wasn't wrapped up in sports as much as it was wrapped up in, you know, the, the, the day-to-day living, the acts of day-to-day living. You know, part of his grace, uh, Keith, in my opinion, and you, you mentioned it there, he walked with kings. He knew all those guys, Bear and Don mm-hmm. James and Tom Osborne, on and on and on and on and on. And you knew that he knew them, but he didn't beat you over the head with it during the broadcast. We're like, you know, you know, yesterday we spent time with Coach Puffin Snort and talked mm-hmm. to him. He just had a way of elegantly working stuff like that in without being mm-hmm. as blatant about it. And again, there, there, there was a, there was, for a guy who had a big, booming voice and a big, booming presence, he had a grace about him with how to handle that in the broadcast. Mm-hmm. He, he, as I mentioned earlier, he always put the focus elsewhere. And that was, I think, the thing that endeared him to so many people, both in and out of the profession. Uh, you know, we've we all been taught that, you know, we're invited into someone's living room or into their car or into their office when they're listening or watching us. And it's a, it's a privilege to be invited uh, to be in, in your living room, to be invited to join a family while bringing them a game or, or talking about something. And, and he he understood that and he he respected that. The word respect was used a lot mm. during yesterday's service. It was used a lot, and uh, and it was it, 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 there were all, there were also humorous moments. Like Todd Harris, who uh, is now at NBC, was one of the speakers, and and you know he he poked fun at Keith because and, and Keith had an incredible sense of humor. He didn't tell jokes; he told stories that were funny. And uh, he uh, Todd Harris told a story about. Uh, you know, we all have to do these drop-ins during games, and it was promoting a new program on ABC called Snoops, which was about, as Todd Harris described it, three Victoria's Secret models who had become undercover detectives. It lasted like one season. <laughs> the, first week, the, first, the, first, the first week, Keith read the, Keith read the promo Snoops, Sunday night at 8 on ABC. And the next week, the next week he, read, he read the promo Snoops, Sunday night at 8 on ABC. <laughs> Uh, you know, I watched Snoops last night. That woman needs to get some britches. You, know, <laughs> you can hear you can, it, it, Todd brought the house down when he told that story. It was, you know, there, there are all kinds of those those moments that were so pointed. Brett, Brett Musburger had a, a great story about, uh, you know, about uh, the the long playoff baseball game that that each of them called. Uh, Brett on the radio and, and Keith on television, and and at the conclusion of the game. Keith reached around the, the the wall that separated the two broadcast booths and and handed him uh, a kettle one, which was one of Keith's favorite uh, uh, drinks of choice. And uh, and and Musburger shared, you know, the just the the camaraderie. Even though they were competitors, there was a camaraderie that he always held. And you know, Keith always helped young people. Um, he and he and his wife Turianne, 
uh, had a sports scholarship for, for sportscasters at Washington State. And I, I was fortunate enough to, to earn that when I was a junior. And that helped put me through my senior year of college. I mean, I, I put myself through school, and, and his scholarship helped me get through school. And there were several other young men that were privileged to receive that award that were present uh, yesterday, which was really neat to see, uh, ranging from the, the 70s through the you know, through the, uh, the 90s. And now they've established a, a scholarship for excellence at Washington State that benefits uh, all kinds of students and all kinds of courses of study. And they were very generous to their alma mater. Um, but they changed a lot of young people's lives, myself included, with their generosity. Place and I, I mean, I just was, it would be like an open-ended question. What, what do you guys think is place in college football history is like when when you think of college football? When I when I when I think of it, if someone were to give me the Mount Rushmore of college football, mm-hmm. he would be up there. I would instantly pick him as one of the pillars of the sport. Keith, I'd say to to add on Puck's thing there that you just mentioned that in in my opinion, at least in my lifetime, maybe I'm overlooking somebody obvious. The two best announcers of college football, yeah. the two guys that made you know, hey, I'm watching an important game here, were Musburger and Jackson. If they're doing the game, settle down and, and, and watch because it's probably an important game. Agreed. And, and all of the coaches and athletes who spoke yesterday said that if if Keith Jackson was in the booth, you stood up taller, you ran yeah. faster, yeah. you prepared better because you didn't want him to call you out. Now, you knew he wouldn't call you out negatively, but he would – he would uh, he would put a spotlight on you, and he wanted to make sure that your mommy and daddy back home knew that the spotlight was positive, and not the other way around. Yeah. And I, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, you know, one of the things that Keith told me the last time I spoke with him in in mid December was ESPN spent the better part of a week with him in October of last year, uh, getting his thoughts and reflections on college football. They're apparently putting together a series. On the history of college football, which will be which will be magnificent. And one of the things he said to me was, you know, I, I was around for fifty of the one hundred and twenty-five years, <laughs> so I probably have more. You know, I probably have more rolling around up in my head that I've forgotten about that that uh, would be helpful to this. It's just a shame that he didn't live long enough to see the finished product, mm-hmm. because I think he would have been, you know, one of the biggest pieces of that from a historical perspective and from a big moments perspective. Um, you know, he, he is on that Mount Rushmore. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Certainly, certainly Brett Musburger is. Uh, and then if you, if you look at college football in general, you know, I'd, I'd have to say Bear Bryant on that, on that, uh, on that Mount Rushmore and, you know, coaches of that, of that standard, you know, gosh, you and I grew up in the, in the 60s and 70s, we remember all those great games that Keith Jackson called on Saturday afternoon. Right. And, and I have to tell you, one of, the, one of the most amazing evenings of my life was in Salisbury, North Carolina, in, uh, I believe it was 1995, when Keith was inducted into the National Sportscasters and Sportswriters Hall of Fame. And we, we played a round of golf, and I was playing with a guy named Bill Teagans. Uh, Bill was the late uh, play-by-play announcer for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. He died in that tragic basketball plane crash several years ago. And Bill and I played golf that afternoon. We were walking off the course, and Keith waved us into the bar and said, let's have dinner. And so we sat down at at the table with Keith, and then Frank Broyles showed up (laughs) and sat down with us. And, And Bill and I, our eyes were as big as saucers. We listened to stories well into the early hours of the following morning. It was amazing. They, were, they began by talking about the games and then the personalities 
and then the uh, the stories behind the personalities, and it was laughter and, and a lot of stuff you can't repeat. Uh, but it was it was one of the most amazing nights. And what what it really reminded me of is you know when you're when you're doing a ball game, you hope that you hope that you project that anybody could sit down at the bar stool with you and join the conversation, and and be you felt to make welcome during that conversation. And that's what Keith did so well with, you know, with, um, with um, uh, Dan Fouts uh, alongside, with Frank Broyles alongside, uh, with Tim Brandt alongside, Bob Greasy. And he, he, you always felt as if you were part of that conversation. You were an insider. And, uh, and I think that's what makes him so special and made him so special as a play-by-play announcer. Um, you know, Al Michael said he was – the original. He wasn't an original. He was the original. And there's a lot of truth to that. Keith, you're the best. We appreciate you, you jumping on today, reflecting, uh, reflecting on the life of Keith Jackson. We appreciate it so much. It's good to catch up with you. Thanks, uh, Puck. Now, let me get this straight. You're going to Bend and Gas is going to be full-time into the future? Yes. I, I'm I, leaving I, July 1st. Nobody I, believes me, but it's true. I need some type of... Oh. I'll, <laughs> I'll sweep I'll coffee, whatever you need down there. I'll, I'll be your gopher. Well, don't, go, don't, don't leave. You guys sound great together. It's really a joy to hear both of you together. And, guests, uh, welcome back. It's nice to have you on the air again. Thanks, Ship. All right, Keith. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Go Cougs. All right, go Cougs. Keith Shipman. There you always got to slip it in. Go Cougs. Uh, Keith, uh, again, longtime uh, television personality here in the Northwest. I mean, what is he? The president and CEO of the Washington State Broadcasters Association. Um, had opened up some stations down at Bend. Uh, worked at Q13. Worked here at KJR. Just yeah. a, a great... A great guy, great broadcaster, and then reflecting yesterday on the celebration of life for Keith Jackson at the Rose Bowl. I was uh, fortunate enough to, I I didn't know Keith Jackson near the level that that Shippy did, Uh, but one time I got to, a couple times I actually talked to him on the phone, and and Keith was right, he was just a guy sitting around his house, and you know, like like many guys in their 70s, kind of lonely, and hey, I want to, so I did a profile, Don Borst was editing Lindy's College Football Preview Magazine, I did a profile for Keith Jackson. So I call him and we talk for, you know, however long and I get all the information I need. And then I, you know, we're done and we're just talking about stuff. So I said, let me, can I ask you a personal question? He says, yeah, sure. I said, I hope this is, the answer is forever, but how long are you going to keep working? I mean, how, how long do you want to keep doing this? And he goes, and you got to imagine in his voice, he's like, and, and you got to imagine that he didn't exactly say what I'm going to say. There's one word that changes. You'll know the word. Cause this just came out of the blue. He goes, well, I'm I'm going to have to work probably two or three more years because my accountant tells me Uncle Sam has screwed me out of too much money. <laughs> but he didn't say. I'm like, oh my god! And hearing him say that was the funniest thing I ever heard in my life. Uh, so many great calls, so many memories that Keith Jackson uh, had over the years. Uh, we could pick. There's a million to choose from. But um, as we leave you uh, for this segment, uh, you're reminded of one of his greatest calls. Fourth and five, the national championship on the line right here. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Vince Young scores. 